Who's Afraid of Red, Yellow, and Blue? That's the theme of this week's episode of Wikipedia Articles That Should Be Movies. I'm Greg Miller. Uh, with me today is my guest, Ashley Denny, uh, coming to us from Ottawa, uh, former university Hi. colleague of mine, I guess, is how we friends. I guess we could say we're colleague. Friends. <laughs> we're friends. Uh, so this, who's afraid of red, yellow, and blue? This is an article you picked. So maybe tell us why, <laughs> why you went with this one. Okay. Um, I have to say that I didn't read the Wikipedia article first. I listened to a, another podcast about it. I hope that's okay. But we'll after that. I heard the podcast, I went to the Wikipedia article. Um, I chose it because I think it's it would make a great movie. And also because I think it's so strange and it, it makes you think about um, what art is for. And it feels really... I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll talk about why, what happens, but the idea of somebody like vandalizing a painting is very exciting to me. What, uh, I guess we can advertise for other podcasts. That, that seems allowed. Maybe it's they'll reciprocate. Pretty... What What was, do you remember? Like, what was a podcast you heard yeah, about? 99% invisible. Like, okay. Just a small podcast. Yeah, yeah. What, they yeah. do a really good story about it. Okay, interesting. Okay, so what is the story? Why don't you give us the, the summary of who's afraid of red, yellow, and blue? Okay, um, so there is a was a painter named Barnett Newman who was kind of a post-war abstract expressionist painter. And he made this series of paintings called Who's Afraid of Red, Yellow, and Blue? And there was one, two, three, four, I think. And they're huge, like canvases, like 18 feet by eight feet tall, like super, super giant and very stark, just red, yellow and blue in different configurations. And the third one in particular, uh, so who's afraid of red, yellow and blue three is um, when you look at it, it's mostly red and there's just like a little zip of blue on one side and a zip of yellow on the other. And I guess this went into a museum in Amsterdam. I don't know how to pronounce it. The Stadlik? Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, that's um, that, I haven't brushed up on my Dutch in a while, but I think that's what it is. Well, you can be the Dutch uh, interpreter <laughs> yeah. for this oh, episode. Good. Great. Um, and they put it up anyways. And I guess people were having a lot of reactions to this. Okay, and so maybe also I should say that so not, this Wikipedia article needs to be edited because there's information missing from it, like based on some research I did. So oh, maybe I can do that well, after. see, that's yeah. Like I like, so when you said you want to do this article, I actually hadn't, uh, I don't think I'd ever actually come across this one, which is strange because most of like most strange Wikipedia articles I've come across at some point in my life. Um, and yeah, like, and I was like, Oh, that's a really interesting story, but I did like read up on it a bit and there definitely could be more yeah, information. There's there. a lot missing from there. Um, which is like a strange, yeah, like it's just weird sometimes, like, because again, I've been looking at the more as I'm going to do this podcast and like the one I did the Kentucky meat shower one the other day, the test run episode was like four paragraphs long or something. And it's, yeah. I, it's strange to me how Wikipedia, like, how is it decided how long or how much information is in a particular article um, and who gets to make those like editorial choices? Maybe like the, the Dutch Wikipedia has a longer article on it. 
I don't know. Well, I'd really have to brush up on my Dutch to check that, but uh, yeah, that might be true. That's fair. But the guy, yeah. but, but Newman's American, right? It just he's happened. American. It just ended up in Amsterdam. Yeah, he's he's right. Jewish American. Um, okay. And like this was obviously this is you know post-war, so which I guess abstract expressionism in general was a reaction to to the war, um, sort of the idea of like, well, what do we paint now that we've had the Holocaust in Hiroshima? We'll we have to start over kind of thing. Right. Um, and so one of the things that's not in the Wikipedia article that's really interesting, and I think kind of the whole would is really important, is that when this painting was put up in the museum, people were having really strong reactions to it. Just every, so people were sending letters to the museum and coming in and leaving the room in like fits of anger and getting really upset at this painting. And yeah the I title like who's afraid of red realm right it's it's extremely provocative well, right yeah it's like it's asked yeah when i looked at like obviously it's the wikipedia is the representation of it but yeah. i and i'm i'm no art critic but it's sort of like yeah like what is this what am i i don't Did like it, it does you, you i don't know if it made me angry it definitely made me ignorant or realize my own ignorance about understanding art because i was just obviously this is like abstract impressionism this the running joke for the last 50 years has been like what even is this stuff like what like the uh, the first thing i thought of when i saw this article was uh the madman episode where burke cooper has the rothko and the like, rothko. they're trying to figure out what like what it is and what it means and like harry harry crane's like incredibly nervous about having to getting asked about it because that's like what this is it's like what is it's a like who's afraid of red, yellow, and blue three is just red paint with, yeah, like a line of blue and a line. I don't, is there a line of yellow on the right? Yeah, yeah it's you, very small, but it's just mostly I, red. Like, and, and I could see, and it's huge, right? Like you said, like they're like these big, yeah. So I could see why you'd have like some sort of like visceral reaction to yeah, this. Absolutely. Or even just like philosophical of like, is this art? Like, yeah. And, right. and that's the title, the title is especially like I could see if you already were in the mind of like this isn't real art, and then you walk into this and you see that title, you see the painting, you see the title, you'd be like, Well, who so the one thing, it? yeah, like the thing I don't maybe is kind of explain this Wikipedia article is like why did like why did why did he make these paintings? Like what was the what well, was he trying I, to do? I don't I don't, it doesn't really say much in yeah. I mean, that's if you look at all of his paintings, his whole Oeuvre. he made all of his paintings that were they were all abstract expressionism and i think he did some sculpture too and i my understanding is like this was sort of the period where in the 60s where this kind of art was really like flourishing this idea of these giant canvases and i think the the scale is a really important element of it it, it has to be that big for it to have an impact but right but so he paints the first two and nothing I presume nothing like, bad happens. Yeah, we'd see the Wikipedia. Who knows? People maybe still have some more negative reactions, I suppose, we can assume. But then like things really kick off with the yeah, third one. Number three. And uh, so people are having bad reactions to it. They're they're not really liking it. And then this this guy comes into the museum in Amsterdam, a Dutch guy named Gerard. Jan van der Bladeren. Uh, oh yeah, I'm, so, I'm supposed to be doing the Dutch. Yeah. Van Bladeren. Yeah, I can't nice. do it. Yeah, I still can't. Yeah, I think that was good. That sounded good. Yeah, sounded confident. 
His name looks like Van Blade Runner. So that's. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's we, actually yeah. Um, appropriate. So yeah. Blade Runner is, he's an artist himself, but he's a like more tr like traditional landscape artist. He really is reacting to this idea of these, if this kind of modern art, this expressionism that he doesn't understand or doesn't like, I guess he feels like he understands it. He just doesn't think it's art. So he comes in with a box cutter and has like makes these huge slashes on the center of the canvas. And then he sits there, like he's he's fine. He just, he, he, he destroys it and then sits like in the same room and just waits. And there's like- Yeah. The thing I like was funny to me reading the Wikipedia article is like they covered that crazy attack, like these huge sizes and this huge canvas by this guy in like one sentence. I know. It doesn't and like say like why he did it. It doesn't say that that piece of information about him being an artist like it's just like it was attacked with a knife by gerard jean van bladeren in 1986 like that's all it says it doesn't like yeah. like okay like maybe give me some more information on that wikipedia but yeah i don't know and then i guess because the next thing that happens is also quite interesting so they feel like it's the lead up to the next thing but so he slashes it and he's upset and he and he goes to jail for five months which i find like such a weird i don't know like jail for, like i guess it's vandalism but it just feels so silly like okay yeah i guess it's like this because it'd be so valuable the property he's destroying i suppose yeah. um, I there's a better punishment like well i, mean, I would jail like yeah i uh, yeah i yeah yeah what's anyone yeah, gonna do murderers yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it doesn't seem. Uh, yeah, it seems like I assume this guy was having some mental health issues. Like, it's just not. I understand people were having visceral reactions, but obviously, this was ex an extreme reaction. Yeah. But right. he seemed quite like, um, yeah, I guess it gets it, his, his, um, he's, he's kind of unwavering in why he does it. And he's very vocal about why he does it. Um, but anyway, so he's off in jail. And then they, the museum realizes they have to restore the, try and restore the painting. And so they send it to, uh, well, they can't find a, a, a restorer conserv conservator who will, who will do it. Um, and they finally find some guy in, in Long Island, somebody named Daniel Goldreyer. And he says, I can do it. I can restore it to like 98% accuracy, no problem. So they send it to him on Long Island and it takes him like four years. And finally he, they keep like checking up on him, whatever he, he he's not, he's like, it's fine, it's fine. He sends it back to them and then when they unveil it like all of the uh you know slashes are completely gone but and they initially don't see anything wrong with it but then when they put it back on display people have a reaction but the opposite way they're like oh well, this painting's not doing anything anymore it's not making anybody angry the the red he's messed up the red essentially but they don't yeah. know why yeah, that's very like yeah. I don't really understand that. Like this particular type of paint that, like, or it's it's like the depth of it, right, or something like that. Yeah, because it's but like his, oil paint, and it's yeah, very yeah. And like, depth. and then the joke sort of is that like the restoration was the greater like murder of this painting yes, it was like than the, the slash, death. right? Like he really botches yeah. this thing. Well, they send it, the museum sends it to a forensic lab to be tested and they find out, which is like, imagine all the money involved in all of this. They yeah. find out that he, the restorer has gone over it with some varnish and then 
basically ro- used a roller and just gone over the whole thing with house paint in a red. Yeah, that is <laughs> like so, he's got a house paint and like I could do that. that. Yes, we all could. Right. Yeah. And I don't think it would take four years. And he got paid like he was presumably getting oh, yeah. paid pretty well for this right so well, he, and then he yeah. sues the museum the museum because they make this public there's a report right. that it's public he sues them for defamation because he says his career is ruined and he wins so he gets even more money i think it's like a crazy amount of money in the end it says in the wikipedia article i think yeah he said and then, yeah so it's the thing gets painted angers people get stabbed then this guy restoring it botches the restoration there's a whole lawsuit about it so this is like a 10-year saga before this and it's not even done because then the report gets released like 20 years in like the 2000s i think it said about and it confirmed that he had done it with a roller and house paint uh and but then yeah then the story there's still like two more crazy things that happen in the story which is wild yeah, because from 1969, when it goes on this 1969, I think it goes on display. This is all happening. This the the stabbing happens 20 years later. Then yeah, this is all kind of happening in the 80s, 90s. But yeah, so he once it goes back up and people are kind of like, "What did you do? You murdered this painting again." The back to our Dutch friend, Blade, Blade, Runner. Blade Runner, the Blade Runner, which is great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, box, perfect. he's got a box cutter. Yeah, it's great. He has he's out of jail he's got his box cutters ready and he calls the new director from the, mu- the museum and they recorded this call so you can hear him in, in Dutch. Oh, really? he says like, yeah it's really funny because he's just like saying um I saw the new painting it's ruined I think I know what to do let me know if you want me to come take care of it and, and the director nice. it's like it, this is why it would be great for a movie because it's like it sounds like a like a heist thing like a re- reverse heist because he's like i'll come in and I'll, I'll i'll mess this painting up for you and the director's like don't don't do that it's fine <laughs> yeah it's we're okay. good and then the like last thing he says in the call is uh yeah don't worry i know what i need to do and then he hangs up the director's like don't do what you think you need to do he hangs up and then he goes back to the museum and then the thing is that he's trying to find this new this you know fixed up the redone one yeah one. He can't find it anywhere in the museum so he finds another painting by barnett newman and slashes that one yeah see and that to me just ruins his whole credibility because he was like oh like you know i'm a i'm an artist and i hate abstract impressions and i like landscapes so you're like okay i can see it people are having reactions to this maybe the box cutter incident's forgivable and then he's upset that the restoration spot so he's got like a puritan <laughs> sort of spirit about art exactly. i get that but then just when you can't find it just attacking another barnett newman painting just throws your whole credibility at the window you're just no, a guy who I likes to slash so. paintings now no because imagine he's going to the museum with a very specific mission but like, his reason you, is what do you do you just turn around and go home you have to yeah, but something <laughs> no you don't have to slash so that's what i'm saying he had credibility because of how focused he was about like the purity of art and yeah, like he, he what is another, art another abs- abs- but he wasn't upset about that one he was upset about the restoration of red yellow and blue three yeah but it's he was like going a, to take care of it that's the reverse heist it was to like take care of this thing hurts somebody close to you so that you get the message There's, that's yeah but if you're given someone to kill you don't just kill someone else because no, they're you break you break his cousin's knees or something i don't know i blade runner it's lost like a, a lot of cousin credibility painting. yeah i don't know 
play i you know what i just i didn't see it for blade runner on the the second attack i didn't care for that i mean i think he goes oh no then he goes so he doesn't go to jail he also i guess at this at the i don't know if it says this in the wikipedia but he leaves a bunch of pamphlets on the ground um again he stays he doesn't he just waits for the police to, to come get him but he leaves a bunch of pamphlets on the ground with kind of incoherent so yeah. called so apparently incoherent ramblings and then he goes to a a mental health facility he doesn't go back to jail right and that's probably for the best what i, I again so. find interesting about his first attack like you said it's like 20 years later like it's very strange when it was first revealed i could see someone being like what the heck is this but he probably went like how often did he go to the museum and he probably like got yeah you know just, how many times did he see it and then one day he was just he's like, finally yeah. like i need to yeah and then and the story's not even over there because then the last one who's afraid of red yellow and blue yeah also also gets vandalized yeah there's a who's afraid of red yellow and blue four that right. also had been had been made in the 60s and because barnett newman's has died by this time right he i think he died in the 70s so he's not around to see any of this happening to his paintings but this fourth um painting in the series that one's on display in berlin and that one has a much bigger it's red on one side blue in the middle and yellow on the other and it's it's much kind of all three colors are, are much more visible and somebody who is it like a, a student a german student attacks it and does he before it even well? yeah yeah before it goes on display yeah he, uh it just says it was attacked he doesn't say what he did it just says like it doesn't say whether it was cut or ripped up or I think spit on or anything i think he i think it also that he stabs it if i'm if i remember from the research I the funny that. thing to me is looking at this painting and again it's red on the one side blue pretty big line of blue down the middle and then uh, similar to the red on it's yellow on the other side doesn't look anything like the german flag like i don't like i don't know what this guy who is obviously was a german thought his own yeah. flag looked like but it wasn't that i mean this is the thing is like this attack is clearly you know motivated it's an anti-semitic attack because he knows ah, that he's Jewish okay. and he's german and he's uh, offended that this painting is in germany and that he and he thinks the so oh it's see again different reasoning yeah and that's that isn't you should update this wikipedia article now that you've listened I to that think podcast I need to. and that's the power you have on wikipedia uh um, maybe they you know they don't just let anyone edit edit anymore yeah Oh, that's true. You'd have to get, yeah. Have yeah, maybe not yet. process. Yeah, someone else. Um, also, he also had, I think it's not, he had a sculpture that was also attacked. So he's had like, there's been several attacks right. on his And work, some of them are anti Semitic. Yeah, yeah, like some of them are, like yeah. the first Red Yellow and Blue three attacks seemed art motivated. Yeah. But a lot of them are like hate or just yeah. white supremacists or anti Semites or something. Yeah. Um, Okay, but the, so but the th red, red, yellow, and blue three. Yeah, that's completely that's a right art art attack. So, what okay, I guess I maybe I should ask you about the hobbits. We look at turning this into a movie, which I think might be hard because it's like a 30 year or more saga, really. Like, what I guess I should ask you so the viewer can know, like, what kind of movies would do you have a do you have a favorite movie? Not necessarily for this adaptation, but. Okay, so um, my my favorite movie 
okay do the right thing is i think one of my favorite movies okay spike lee spike lee movie yeah uh, and uh the one with tom hanks oh a league of their own yeah good film league of their own yeah oh now but, and then, yeah go ahead less um so that you don't think i'm a philistine one of my other favorite movies which i also what i thought of from when i was reading this article is the exterminating angel by uh bunuel who's like a spanish surrealist filmmaker okay. it's an amazing movie about this group of bourgeoisie spanish people who go to a dinner party and they can't leave but there's no like reason. oh they yeah right it's fantastic um it's very trippy and weird and it's kind of like okay. it's a it's creepy but it's you know it's very and i thought this would be like i thought of it when i was reading this article yeah i think i don't think like do the right thing is like well reviewed i don't think that's like a philistine no but like, it's very um Amer like oh it's like I pop live, yeah yeah I live oh, with right. a Greek film you're i live with a european art house right right yeah so you had to get that in so i right. wanted to make sure i i, I think cool <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, now, during the first my test run episode, I mentioned how much I love Henry Cavill, but you are not a fan. No, and this came up yesterday because Vasily was watching The Witcher. I do not think this man is a a good actor or b handsome. What I find crazy is that I realized when I sent you the Zoom link to this interview that we had just been talking about whether John Cusack was attractive or oh, not, yeah. and you said definitely yes, but Henry Cavill, you don't think is handsome? Oh, yeah. I find that just difficult to believe. Henry Cavill is like the ideal handsome person to me. He has no personality. Well, that he plays uh, Warhammer or whatever. He was criticized for that recently because he paints the Warhammer miniatures. Oh, does he? Oh. And Graham Graham Norton, uh, who has a talk show in the UK, like called him a dork or something. And everyone came to his defense. He's like, no, this is cool to have hobbies and not okay, hurt anyone. That makes me like him more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's, okay. It's not like your taste can be accounted for. You like Timothy Chalamet. Well, I think Timothy Chalamet is going to come up later in this discussion. Probably the greatest He's young actor of our, my movie. of our time. Well, okay, so we're not putting Henry Cavill. How do you see a movie about who's afraid of red, yellow, and blue? Like, what kind? What What's the genre? I think it could be. It could go two ways. You could go like pure horror, and have oh. like, the painting be haunted, like a haunted painting. Okay, but so there have been like, uh, do you know the film Velvet Buzzsaw? No. It just it came out like two years ago. It's Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, and it's a horror movie like in the art world. Oh no. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. But that's when I read this, I was like, okay, like I was thinking about other art. Like there's like, the Goldfinch is around like yeah. um, smuggling paintings and and selling and uh, like stolen art, and then there's yeah like Velvet Buzzsaw uh and yeah there's not like thomas crown affair sort of about stolen art uh the and i haven't seen any of those movies so i can't really speak to them the only one i know said in the art world that i saw recently was the second 101 dalmatians movie well, uh so that's that's my best friend but you're saying like a velvety but velvety velvet buzzsaw <laughs> although neither of us really know much about that movie uh like a horror around like I'm, I'm really scared of horror movies. I, I don't watch them, so I can't give yeah, you I don't... details about what I would. It would okay. just be like something creepy, you know, like a, a haunted. Like and it's driving it like... people to do evil yeah. things. I see. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. this and Blade Runner's the hero of the story. Yes. 
Maybe not the anti. Maybe you leave the anti-Semite part out. But he's that's the other. That's the other thing. Runner's not an anti-Semite. No, I know. So the second attack. Yeah. Of number four. That was the other thing. Yeah, I would just focus on that. Yeah, like yeah. What 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 does the movie look like? Like is Newman in it, or is it just around the rest, the destruction and restoration? I think that if you were going to go the horror route and you would do kind of like a haunted painting, you could have a backstory that involved Newman creating, I mean, when he was making the paintings and have something that it's haunted right. with. Yeah. And that would be, that would be like a flash back at the beginning or something. And then, but everything yeah. else would take place in the, in the present. Okay. All right. And what's option two? Then I, I sort of think you could do more surrealist. Oh, like and, that, like the Spanish guy. Yeah, I think I think it fits really well with that. And greater minds than me would have to think of what it would, that would look like. But the idea of somebody being, I mean, it's the same for me. The most interesting thing is like somebody was compelled enough by this art to attack it. I think that's wonderful. And like the idea of like mass hysteria around a piece of art, you could yeah. turn that into something a little bit. Um, and you could make it again creepy. I think it would still have a horror element to it if it was surrealist, but it would be uh just more creepy not not scary okay like i think in, like any historical thing like this i initially just think of as being like uh, like just a drama like just a telling like a character study or whatever of telling so that's what like i originally thought was like they should just tell a story it's pretty incredible like yeah, the attack the botched restoration like there's enough there for for a movie but i like <laughs> the more I read the story, everything that happens is so uh, kind of absurd, I think. And yeah. so I was like, this is sort of like a comedy, like a Johnny Depp, uh, like Mordecai, <laughs> like like Johnny Depp is uh, maybe Blade, how is that? Depp Blade Runner? Maybe Johnny Depp Blade Runner. No. Or the restorer well, who's like taken on this project that he can't yes. actually complete. And then he's under the gun. So he, he does the paint rolling thing. It could be actually that could be good. It could be like a, a restore. You could focus on the restoration part. And I think the restoration like part, yeah, being a fake restorer. I mean, people love that because people were so upset about that. Remember that painting that that Jesus? Oh, the painting? Jesus. Yeah, they tried to fix. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be like somebody who doesn't actually know how to restore, but he's trying to fake it. Yeah, I think there's some there because I like restoration seems interesting, and yeah, I don't know any actually. movies about that right now, so it could be about that. That's true. I I don't think Johnny Depp should be allowed to be in it. Okay, I mean Johnny Depp. I think Johnny Depp's back to being pretty problematic. So let's back. <laughs> I think he was. Well, didn't he get restored at one point? I forget. I can't keep mm-hmm. up. Who's good? Who's bad? Like Army Hammer, he seems up in the air right now. <laughs> no one knows what to think. I was thinking, yeah, something where like gold rare, like the rest, the restorer is the focus, and if it's serious like another handsome ginger not myself like michael fassbender or if it's more like funny someone like daniel radcliffe who does those like kind of weird independent comedy movies yeah, actually, that would make sense like i could see yeah. that uh yeah That's i had i was I thinking had, more of the villain or the like the restores yeah. the villain well i mean i do think he's a villain no matter what but i guess i was thinking i was thinking um it would focus on the the slashing and then for that i was thinking somebody kind of like it has to be somebody who's dutch looking as well i know i was trying to think i can't 
yeah like someone who's like the sort of crazed artist like i was having trouble yeah. i had i'd like john malkovich but he's like too old like so the only i had ben foster you know ben foster oh yeah because he was married to uh what's her name anyways susie. yeah i know him susie foster he's like a really good yeah, character yeah. actor type guy I robin wright penn like... he was married to robin wright penn robin wright ben foster was yeah. oh, i didn't know that okay she was married to sean penn who maybe we could know. find a role for somewhere in this film he's okay i don't know what kind of movie you want to make if it's <laughs> sean penn and johnny Depp. i want to make a movie that would have killed in the make late sure 90s roman Polanski directs it and we're good yeah well I'll, we'll get into that in another episode um oh yeah Will, Will, willem dafoe Oh, wonderful! Right, As which guy? The he could be anything. Slasher. No, oh, it's a slasher. He's like the crazed face. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't. So again, what's missing him. in this Wikipedia article is a lot about like how old any of these people were. So I didn't. Yeah. Like I don't know. That just gives us artistic freedom. Now I think if we were to add, obviously, what happened to Who's Afraid of Red Devil Four? I think. Timothy Chalamet just makes a lot of sense as the student, as a Nicholas Clear. Oh yeah, he would be brilliant. If he'd be brilliant in anything, but oh my god, he same. I think it's character. like a like a Green Street, uh, like how this person was radicalized sort of story. Into oh, you want to make the whole movie around? Well, I'm just I, yeah. I don't know how you add. Who's, like yeah, it would have to be its own movie. It would have to be its what's own. The, what's the movie with Kate Winslet in the bath when she's like a Nazi? The book reader? That one? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. That. Yeah. Something kind of like that. App Pupil, yeah. which was a film in the late 90s, uh, I think with Devin Sawa. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just like, I'm always looking for roles for Chalamet because he's just, he's, I mean, he's, He's the best I, actor we have under 30 right now. Absolutely the worst. I, ca I cannot handle anything with him in it. Have you seen uh, the new Wes Anderson? No, but I saw him do the clip where he's excited about fingerling potatoes. And people are like, this is amazing. See, I actually haven't seen that, which is crazy because that he's like Wes Anderson. Oh, Anderson's that's Don't Look Up. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. He's in that. He's Why is wow. he in Why is he in everything also? Because he's so brilliant. People want to work with him. He seems like a treat on set. You know, now, he I gave everyone at NYU chlamydia. I think that's a rumor. It's Uns unsubstantiated. For the and certainly this podcast, podcast, allegedly, this podcast does not associate with that rumor. I think, yeah, no, he's in um, the French Dispatch, which apparently has a an art uh one of the vignettes like in wes anderson movies there's all there's a lot going on one of the things is about an art house so that that would oh, fit in he, he'd already be trained he's ready to make yeah, the, who's you're a, a wes anderson book. see i would like this to be this movie has to be the I'm not yeah i can't be a, i don't think yeah opposite. yeah i don't think this could be a wes anderson it's it's not like cutesy i think it could be funny yeah. but not like yeah the other option for a type of movie i was thinking it could be like like a heist sort of Ocean's Eleven type of thing. Yeah, I like the idea. And maybe the like- The phone call is very like, and the fact that it's recorded, it's very like, you know, spy. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like the idea where the guy, the director sort of wants him to go back and slash it because like yes. the restoration was so bought, he sees this as like an out for the museum of like- Exactly. And he like sort of manipulates 
uh, Blade Runner into doing it. I can see that. I'd see that film. That's yeah, that a more good, that's a good payoff. Yeah, that 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 yeah, I don't know if that's like an Oscar, you know, those like Oscar bait type like character dramas sort of thing. I would like Kristen Stewart to be in the movie. In what role? Just, There's no women involved in this really anywhere. Like there's this is a I this mean is the a, art restore could be a woman. Anyone could be like we could just make the slasher a woman. That would be great. I just think this has such a like toxic mask. Like I think it's not a coincidence that a man did this. Actually, like, yeah, it's probably I, like I don't I don't really see it. Uh I don't know. It yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that it, Blade Runner was a man. Um well, there has to what be- do you what do you like about Kristen Stewart? Oh, she's so sexy. Like, so you but you don't like Timothy Chalamet despite his no. obvious sex appeal. He has I, I can't <laughs> express to you how little sex appeal he has. Well, everything gave it all away at NYU. Oh my god. <laughs> well, yeah, he must have a lot of sex appeal if he was able to infect that many people, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I mean, there uh, has to be there has to be women in the in the movie. It has to pass the Bechdel. Yeah, I guess that's a good question. Where, <laughs> yeah, where do we fit women into these tales? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, obviously, these guys have home lives. Maybe we would explore. Yeah. I mean, and the 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 director of the museum. I don't see why that has to be a a man. I mean, it was a man. Is that not important to the the director of the museum? the historical record or something or can we just change that in a movie like this that's based on a true story i think i think that you could change that i don't think you want to maybe change yeah i think you could change all of it actually and you just you still have to say based on a true story the one thing you don't want to change is the actual painting yeah now uh do you know the like the bechdel test yeah about like said, representing women is that we said okay yeah i don't see how this passes that test no we have to we have to you'd have to like artificially do it which would mm. see that's a, the yeah, prime I mean... minister of of the netherlands could be a woman and there could be like a political attachment to this yeah see i you think know, there's like an interesting like abstract art versus landscape art maybe element of like yeah what was before and what came after maybe but i don't know but even then they would be talking like part of the thing is women talking not talking about a man and they would be talking about blade runner slashing or they'd be talking about newman's painting yeah but if they're talking about newman's painting they're not talking about a man they're talking about the painting right yeah that's probably fair yeah i guess yeah so we would somehow contrive to pass the bechdel test it would be like the most obvious like insert of just like two women standing in front of the painting yeah. talking about it for two minutes with, with their names with I'm Stu- it, I think. kristen oh, stewart yes. as an inexplicably sexy prime minister of the netherlands oh come on she would be so good at that i and just what do you like her in like oh, what she what do <laughs> you're casting her as a key part the only woman in the whole film i just like how she looks and she walks so you're objectified anyway uh okay so possibly a political subplot involving kristen stewart doing something She'd be doing a good something political dutch person she looks like any Northern European oh. country you could give to Tilda Swinton, I think. She looks like she yeah. looks Finnish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I also really like Steve Carell, so I think he should be in it. 
So that's, yeah, I think if you're going for the absurd, like. Yeah, because he's done a couple of those. Like Dinner of. with Jerks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of set satirical movie. You're looking at a Johnny Depp, Steve Carell jam. I wish you would bring up Johnny Depp so much. <laughs> yeah, I got him in the yeah. same sentence. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, my this impression. Quite of, a, this is quite a white movie we've constructed. Yeah, so well, I was thinking that too when I was researching it. But again, it's set in the net, like, you know what I mean? All these people were white or Jewish. Yeah, but you know what I like when they do the historical, um, like. Like Bridgeton? Yeah, I like that. I, I, I think that's yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, that's fine. That's He's, fine. Yeah, it's a very white white man movie, though. And the Netherlands, movie. like now, isn't a white country. It's not, like, yeah. Like, nowhere, you know. No, no, they had a lot of immigration from like the West Indies and stuff, and and Southeast Asia. So, where they colonized. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere they colonized. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we could turn it into like a you know Marxist art film <laughs> marxist who's the marxist the blade Kristen runner Kristen Stewart, the mark okay what what is what's the marxist take on art uh that it's for everyone hmm. and that uh auction houses shouldn't be that you know that that countries if you're gonna have countries i guess marxists want countries so you're gonna have a state that they should fund our art and artists and okay. art should only ever be like you know public and shouldn't be yeah auctions. That's a good probably, plot. Who could, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, well I think we've given options, so maybe our listeners can let us know what type. Yeah. If you've got, if you see this as a particular, so we gave the horror. I think we had a comedy, historical sort of drama, political propaganda film uh Kristen Stewart <laughs> vehicle superstardom vehicle romance. yeah there's so uh, I guess let us know who you see in it where you see Chalamet can excel the most in this particular film as a as an audience member he can he can sit in the theater <laughs> oh man can you imagine with his uh, concave chest I can't stand him you think about him a lot. You are you have the same visceral reaction to Timothy Chalamet that people had to who's afraid of red, yellow, and blue. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and that's why he's perfect for this film. No. All right. Well, I am going to wrap this up. That was Who's Afraid of Red, Yellow, and Blue. That's episode one. I didn't even tell you that you were on episode one. Oh my god! You would have been too nervous about it. So maybe this I don't know. Fraser not- Crane must have felt. When he what? When he moved to Seattle. That's true. He'd never been on the radio. Yeah, you're the Fraser Crane of this story for sure. Um, The only other uh, note I will make on this, I forgot to mention, there is a really good article about Rothko called Rothko at the Inauguration about fake art and stuff. People should look up. So I will put a link to that somewhere on this episode. And maybe add the link to the the 90% visible. Yeah yeah and then yeah so that's it with ashley thank you for joining for episode one uh yeah it was fun i learned a lot here uh, mostly about you the next episodes i think are going to be about the children's crusade something called the erfurt latrine disaster and mad jack churchill uh so definitely tune in for those let me know if you could find a weird wikipedia article you can reach me on twitter at greg miller stc or on instagram at greg double underscore miller 
I should get a podcast specific email, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't have that yet. So uh, let us know what you think uh, of who's afraid of red, yellow, and blue. Thanks, Ashley. We'll do it again, probably. Yeah. We got lots we'll of see. Ideas.